I'm going to ask my friend Peter to join us here. He's going to share uh, a little bit about his story. Come on up, Peter. Would you guys uh, just welcome him? Make sure he feels welcome today. So, Peter, thanks so much for being here, and we look forward to hearing what you have to share with us today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, brother. Uh, well, my name is Peter Mutabazi. Uh, as you can tell already, uh, you can tell that I've got a different accent. Uh, English is my fourth language, so I don't quite speak it well. So I warn you uh, that if I say something bad, please, you can throw your iPhone at me, and, and I'll take it home with me. <laughs> but truly, a blessing to be here. Uh, my name is Peter Mutabazi, and I'm originally from Uganda. My dad is from Rwanda, and my mom is from Uganda. Uh, but I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, that's my home. Uh, that's where I've been for a while. And as I really get to share my story, you get to see, uh, yes, where I come from and, and how I got here as well. So on behalf of my family and on behalf of the kids in Uganda, kids in Ethiopia, we want to say thank you, especially for your pastor, for giving us an opportunity to share. And today I heard that we have some little ones with us today. So uh, please bear with me. I will try to do my best to make sure that I can involve you as well. So, community. My community is South North Carolina. I love it. I was schooled here in the United States. I get to work here. And actually, I just became a U.S. citizen here in the United States. So, so finally, finally I can vote, right? You know? But today, I'm here as an employee of World Vision. World Vision has been here for more than 70 years. They work in more than 100 countries. And as we speak, they're actually trying to help the people of what's happening in Europe. But today, I'm here for special little ones. But also, when I came to the United States, I really struggled with two things that I'm about to share with you. One, I came from a place where I never had a place to choose a meal for the day. And when I came here, I saw how much food there was, how much food that was thrown away. And I questioned my faith. Does God love us the same way? Does he? That someone else can die for lack of bowl of beans, and the other one has so much. For least ones that are here, I know sometimes you open that fridge and you yell at mom, mom, there's no food here. When the fridge is full, I'm not trying to rebuke you, but to remind you that you're blessed. Then the other part was that I'll go visit homes, and you find these gigantic homes, but most of them were empty. I come from a place where 90% of my people live in the size of your car garage. Not just two people, seven, 12, in just that tiny place. And I wondered, how could they be so many empty rooms? But as I read the scripture, I was really stuck with Luke 12, 48. Who much is given, much is required. And I knew I had been given so much. And I wanted to be accountable for what I had been given. So one morning, I walked into the foster care, and I said, hey, I'm here, and I would like to mentor teenagers. The reason why I asked for mentoring, I thought, I'm a single guy. There's no way they can allow me to be a foster parent. So I walked in, and the social worker said, have you ever thought of being a foster dad? And I said, absolutely no. I don't qualify. 
And she said, so, that day I signed up to be a foster dad, to leave what Luke 12 for eight, really spoke for me, that I had been given so much, that it was my time to do it for God's glory. So since then, I've had 20 children. So today, I would like to share with you the four that I have. I've adopted one, and I'm in the process of adopting three more that I have at my house. So I'm about to share with you about really my journey as a foster dad. So let's go to picture number one. So you can see my family. It's coming. <laughs> It'll be there. There. So those are my family. And I thought, wait a minute, you can have children, have dogs as well. So we have two dogs <laughs> as well. <laughs> so that's my family uh, of four and two, two. And that, those are the ones I have currently. Next picture. That's my small little boy. He's five years old. And he's unique in his own way. That Every time I take him to bed, he always says, Dad, I love you so much. For that little one to call me dad is the greatest thing I can ask for. Next. The sister, she's six years old. I have no hair, but I can tell you my hair has been walked on every day. <laughs> my nails, I can tell you, oh, I thought I was the head of the family, but she came and I'm no longer, I lost that. <laughs> and I love her to death as well. Every time I pick her up from school, she always says, Dad, I'm happy that you came to get me. Next picture. He just turned 18, so 12 months ago, I got a phone call from a social worker, and he said, Peter, could you take in this kid for 12 days? Well, I had 12 days, but he meant 12 months, and I said, I don't know, but I can try. So I took him in. Why? Because he was about to age out, so they said, can you have him? So I said, absolutely. He came in, four weeks later, he said, I would like to talk to you. When a foster kid says, hey, I wanna talk to you, and it's really serious, you always panic. What is he gonna say? And this is what he said. He said, I've been in 12 homes, but I've been here for four weeks. Would you mind adopting me? So we're in the process of adopting this little one. For 12 homes, everyone said, we don't want you. Next. This one is Anthony. Anthony, I had, I had 12 kids. One thing I was taught as a false parent, that I can care for kids, but one thing they didn't train me, how to say goodbye. So two had left on Monday, so I told the social worker, I said, I can't do this, I need a break. But she called me on Friday anyway. <laughs> and I said, please, why now? She said, there's a little boy at the hospital. Do you mind giving him just the weekend? I said, I can give him a weekend, and if you don't pick him up on Monday, you're gonna find him waiting for you on the porch. And he came. At three in the morning, as soon as the social worker left, he looks at me and I say, hey, my name is Peter Mutabaz, but you can call me Peter because it'll be easier. And he looks at me, he said, but can I call you my dad? To which I said, no way. I had seen 11 go, and I wasn't ready for a child to call me. But also he was there for just the weekend, why should he call me? dad. So they came to pick him up on Monday, and finally I had the guts to ask why I was in the system. He'd been in the system when he was one year and a half. He was placed with a family at four. They adopted him. At 11, they had dropped him at the hospital. 
never said goodbye, never gave him reason why they didn't want him anymore. And I said, he already knows us. He already called me dad. I'm sure he knew of his dad. And so I said, I can take him to school tomorrow. Two years ago, he finally became my official son, Anthony Mutabazi. Most people say, well, he's lucky to have you, you know? No, I'm lucky to have him. For he chose me to be his dad, and I'll forever be grateful for him. So, as you listen, you might wonder, you know, how, did, how do you come from Africa, force of 20 kids, and you're in the process of adapting more? Like, how do you do it? Or how did you get there? Well, today, I want to share with you about two so many little ones in Ethiopia, that as you listen to my story, that you hear the stories of the kids in Ethiopia today. I've got one picture to show you while I was in Ethiopia. I got to meet lots of them that are looking for someone to love on them. So today, as you hear my story, I want you to take the picture or your mind to these little ones in Ethiopia that your church truly loves so much today. As a kid, I grew up in Uganda where life was miserable in every shape form. I grew up in a place where no one told me to dream, not once. Grew up in a home where we were lucky to have a meal for a day. Grew up in a home where I was told I would never amount to anything every day. Grew up in a home where I went to fetch water, like so many kids in Ethiopia, three to four miles a day, twice. Grew up in a home where life was just on a daily basis. If a mom can't feed you for a day, how does she tell you to dream? How does she tell you you have a future? Well, that was me as a little boy. At the age of four, I began to realize not only were I poor, but my dad was the most abusive dad you could think of. So on one side, you have a mean dad. On the other side, you have poverty that could take your life. For the kids who are here, I wish I could ask you how many pairs of shoes you have. When was the first time you had your pair of shoes? I had my first pair of shoes when I was 16 years old. I had two pairs of clothes, one for Monday to Saturday and one for Sunday. Those kids in Ethiopia, this morning, they went to get water miles and miles away. And that was me. For young ones, I'm not rebuking you, but I'm just reminding you of how God loves you, that you can turn on the, the faucets and get some water. These little ones in Ethiopia don't have that opportunity. And so at age of 10, I thought, I cannot let my dad take my own life. So I decided to walk to the bus station, and I asked the lady, which bus goes the farthest? <laughs> and she said, that one. I got on that bus. I had never been 20 miles away, and I went 500 miles away from my village. I had one choice. One choice was to be a street kid. As street kids, we could not beg for money. Where I come from, People don't make a dollar a day as a wage. So you don't beg for money, but you work hard. And that's how I learned to survive. And as three kids, we were used as anything you could think of, called every name you could think of. 
On the streets, I was more of a street animal than a human being. On the streets, I was lucky if I could make it an hour without abuse. It was different, though, because I was being abused by people who did not know me, rather than someone who should be my protector. And as three kids, we worked so hard so we can earn to be on the street. So one day I helped a family. It was easier to steal while you're helping because they would not notice. If you take a banana and take one, come on, they're not going to know. So this time I saw a family and I wanted to take something from them. And before I could take it, he said, what is your name? Here's why it's important here. I'd been on the streets for four years. No one at one point ever said, what is your name? I was garbage. I was trash. I was, I would never amount to anything. I was an animal to most people. But this man who did not know me, he wanted to know what my name is. Uh, it gets a little bit emotional because I feel like that's how your church is doing right now. That many of you have, been, have been, never been to Ethiopia. You don't know the kids in Ethiopia. But today, your pastor Caleb would say, we want to know where they come from. We want to know how their lives are. We want you to tell us the story of the kids in Ethiopia. That's how I felt when this man said, what's your name? He fed me the next week. The fourth week, I kind of knew what car he drives when he comes. And that day, I always knew I would have a free meal that I didn't have to strive for. He fed me for one year and a half. So finally, he said, hey, Peter, if you have an opportunity to go to school, would you love to go to school? I was like, what? He's why. It was strange for me that I would go to school. It's like me asking you guys, anyone wants to go to the moon? Anyone here? Exactly, you're laughing, why? Because it's far-fetched. It's not something you live every day, you dream to. As a, as a street kid, I could not dream or I could not think I was worthy going to school. And that's why I paused. But he insisted that I would go to school. He said there would be a meal for you every day. I think all I had was there would be a meal. And so funny, I went to school. And the reason why I went, it wasn't because I wanted to be anything at all. No one had ever told me that. It's not that I wanted to be a teacher or anything. There was no one educated in my family that I wanted to be like. No. It's not like I was smart in any way, shape, form. All my life I was told I'll never amount to anything. But I did go for one reason. For the very first time in my life, someone saw me as a human being. At 16, someone saw potential where I could not see my own. At 16, someone saw a little kid that deserved to be treated like a human being. At 16, he saw potential in me. And that's why I went to school. And as he drove me to school, I wanted to know why. Why me? Why me? And that's the reason I'm asking you, Caleb, why Ethiopia? Why Ethiopia? And this is what he said. He said, I want to be faithful. I did not understand the language. I don't understand what he meant. But he said, I want to be faithful. And I said, to who? 
And he said to my God. And that's what you're doing as a church here for the kids in Ethiopia. That this man didn't see a smelling little boy. That this man didn't see a thief. That this man did not call me any name. This man saw a little boy. He could change his life. And so is your church. Yes, you know Ethiopia. Yes, you love those people. But today, you get to love them as the Lord loves them. And here's the cool thing. There were more than a thousand kids on the streets of Kampala. He could not take them all, for sure. He picked one, and that one happened to be me. Pastor, I know you've been in Uganda many times. I know there are many places you could go. But this week, this year, you said we want to know the kids in Ethiopia. And we're grateful for that. And I promise you, your faithfulness will be known. This guy was faithful, but he's what changed my life. Because he was faithful, I stayed at school more than one day. Because he was faithful, I stayed and finished high school. And then I went to university in Uganda. And then I went to university in England. And that's how I came to the United States. Because he was faithful. Because he was faithful, my family got to know the Lord as their Lord and Savior. Especially my mom. Why? She wondered, how can a stranger love my child as their own? Why? And knowing that he loved the Lord, he said, I want to go to church and get to know. And that's what is about to happen in Ethiopia. Why would someone in Phoenix want to love me? Why? But knowing that you're part of the local church, it puts question and marks on who your God is and they want to know. Because he was faithful, I was able to learn how to forgive my dad. He would always teach me and say, you know the life of Joseph? You know when the brothers found him, they were scared and afraid. But remember what he said? He said, for what you meant for evil, God has used it for good to save lives. And that's why I advocate for kids. Because he was faithful, I'm able to be a force of that. I don't think I would be able to understand them with the trauma our kids go through had I not walked that journey with them. And it's taught me how to be the best dad. I'm not the best dad, but for sure, at least to know that I didn't want to be my own dad. Why? Because this man taught me what a father ought to be. To the most vulnerable, to the needy, and to those who just like me. Because he was faithful, I'm able to have a job for sure, to share my journey. So guys, you see why Luke 12, 48 is important to me. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with, with much, much more will be asked. I have been entrusted with much. We have been entrusted with much, haven't we? For you little ones, think about Little ones like you, somewhere in a different country, can never choose one type of a meal. I grew up in a home where I had beans and potatoes, and we could not have both because we could not afford both. So we would have beans today, and hopefully tomorrow we get to have that potato. 
I grew up in a place where I knew Christmas was all about chicken. Why? Because it was the only time we had chicken. You're about to go through Lent. On Easter, we would have beef. Why? I grew up in a Roman Catholic family, so that day would have been, those are the only two days in my entire life, in a year, that would have a different meal. And I'm not rebuking you, but just showing you when you go home to your mom, when you open that fridge to say, Mom, I don't like the food in there, but I'm grateful you get to buy it. That's what the kids in Ethiopia cannot do. And that's what we hear as World Vision trying to say, how can we inspire others to truly give them an opportunity to dream like someone gave me, to love me unconditionally? Man, I'm a foster dad. I thought I was a Christian until I became a foster dad. I just learned how far I was from that. But I also got to learn what to love unconditionally means. You saw my kids, we don't look alike at all. But man, I am their dad every day. And so my kids, we sponsor 12 kids. And Anthony, especially my son, he sponsors a little boy in Uganda called Tadeo, who's an orphan. And they get to write one another, and I usually say, what did he write this time? That dad, he is growing potatoes. And he has a chicken too. And to see him when, he's, when he gets that later and he's really excited about hearing from Tadeo in Uganda. To see also the cycle, that this man broke the cycle of my life as a street kid, that I get to be his dad and break the cycle as well of his life in Foursquare and give him a place to hope. And that's why you're here today. With $39 a month, he gets to sponsor a kid and help him through extreme poverty so he can receive necessary and basic needs. We know what's happening with COVID all over the world. In Africa, it's left families poor and in trouble for especially the little ones. So that's why we're here today to truly inspire you to do something for kids in Ethiopia. And we appreciate you, church, to doing so. But this time, it's going to be done differently. Why? Because World Vision has gone back and thought through. We ought to change the way we help kids. Here's what they thought. Before you'd go pick up kids you know, in the lobby, you say, I want this one because he's smiling. I like this one because she's sassy, you know? But this time, it's different. They thought, what if we can reverse the child was the one to choose you. What if we give the opportunity, we empower the child to be the one to choose their sponsor? So please watch this video as it explains how it all works.
father's love watched that video a million times, but I still cry every time I watch it. Why? Because every Monday I'll be waiting for this man to show up so I can have that meal that I didn't have to fight for. For these kids in Ethiopia, this is what they are going to do on Wednesday. They're going to choose you. On Wednesday there's a party about Desert Spring Bible Church in Ethiopia. On Wednesday, their families have been waiting for month and month to celebrate so they can choose their sponsor. This Wednesday, they get to celebrate the opportunity that no one had ever given them to choose their own sponsor. This Wednesday, they get to celebrate and know everything about your church. Why? Because you're giving them an opportunity to do something that no one has ever, ever done for them. And the way it's going to work, you're going to take pictures today by 9, and then we're going to send them to Ethiopia tomorrow. And on Wednesday, they're going to have a party where they're going to bring their families, as you saw in the video, bring their families and their friends as they watch them pick who they want to be their sponsor. And then they're going to write to you later and tell you, here's why I chose you, because you have a beautiful face, because you have no hair, something. And then on Thursday, they're going to ship them back to your church. So on Sunday, you get to know who chose you and the reason why they chose you. Isn't that wonderful? Absolutely. That a church here in Phoenix could choose or could say, we want you to choose us. Pastor, could you come and join me as he tells you more about truly where his heart is? Thank you. Thanks, brother. So, um, as a church family, we are committed to living as citizens of the kingdom of God. And one of the things that I love about the uh, chosen program is that it empowers the child to choose. Uh, it empowers the ones who are going to receive this gift. And uh, isn't that just like the kingdom of God? In the text that we read just a few moments ago that uh, that Don uh, and Nicholas read. Jesus talked about receiving the kingdom as children and that the children should come to him. And we get an opportunity to live that out. So uh, we're committed to this work. Uh, we've partnered with World Vision in the past. I think this is an excellent opportunity for us as a church family. For those of you who are here in person, you should have received a, a card with some instructions. And then for those uh, joining us online, we'll have that online for you as well. But I just wanted to share a, real quick about the heart here. Uh, this isn't just about cutting a check and sending it off. This isn't about trying to solve problems by throwing money at it. One of the beautiful things about the sponsorship program with World Vision is that we get to create a relationship uh, that's, that there's reciprocity. Um, it's not just us, for those of us who have the financial means, you know, just sending money, but it's also uh, reciprocal in that they bless us as well through relationship and through ongoing relationship. And that's a gift, and it's an opportunity that we have, even though we are thousands of miles apart, uh, but World Vision helps us uh, do that. And so uh, I want to strongly encourage you to be prayerfully considering uh, being a part of this program. My family and I were already signed up for this. 
Um, we're going to take our picture here a little bit later in just a few moments. Um, but the heart of this is to put into practice what we sing about and what we talk about, what we read about in the Scripture, that, there is, uh, that we've all been given gifts, and those gifts have been given to us that we might give them to others, that we've been blessed in order to bless others, that the Lord has been generous to us, and we are to be generous to others. And this is an aspect of that. It's an opportunity for us to put that into practice. And it's also really quite beautiful. Uh, this idea of being chosen is all throughout your scripture, that God chooses us. And to be chosen uh, for me and for my family, uh, it's something that we uh, find a great value in, and I believe that you will too. We're also doing this um, with uh, multiple churches. So we're partnered uh, as five churches here in North Phoenix, and we're going to specifically, we're all um, partnered then with uh, families in Shishago, Ethiopia. And so it's kind of like a like a sister city program where there's a bunch of Phoenix churches. They're going to be partnered uh, with those in the same town. And so it's not just us, Desert Springs, but really the North Phoenix Church uh, engaging in this uh, project together. So uh, I want to encourage you to take advantage of that. I'm going to ask Peter to join us uh, once more and help us with some instruction and next steps. Uh, he's the uh, the brains, uh, the brain trust here on the stage for sure. So tell us about like what's our next move? What can we do next? Well, what you're going to do is going to provide the child education, nutrition, and water, so they don't have to walk how many I had to walk. That truly they get to have water within their community to just walk a few thirty minutes, ten minutes, uh, and so their mom and dad don't have to worry about if they get back. So what we're doing today is uh, we're gonna text. We'll have technology. So all you have to do is you text 5617. It should be on the screen. There it is. Uh, and then in the text, you put DSBC, right? That's the yep. abbreviation of your church. And you're going to receive a link. And that link, you're going to fill in information. I sponsor 12 kids. You can sponsor or be chosen as many as you want. Uh, and then uh, you're going to go. We have cameras, and then we'll take pictures. There are people in orange. Uh, they will take pictures for you, so we can send them to Ethiopia uh, tomorrow. Uh, for you online, you know, you can put on your Christmas pajamas you haven't used for a while, gather your family, take that epic picture, upload it on your, com on your phone, and we'll receive it uh, as well. Yeah, and so for those of you that are in person today, if you would text DSBC to that number, which is also on your card, uh, and then for online, text DSBC online because the instructions are slightly different. So make sure that you type in the right uh, uh, language into that text box. Yes, absolutely. Remember, there were more than a thousand kids. He couldn't take them more. He took one. And that happened to be me. And you never know who's going to pick you and who they're going to turn in into. Uh, there's more than a thousand kids also in that village. Uh, and so part of, the, of this uh, different churches, you're trying to truly help those uh, many kids. Otherwise, uh, we're really excited and I can't wait for you to find out who chose you uh, uh, on, on Sunday. We call it Reveal Sunday. We get to reveal you to who chose you. So uh, if we're wanting to take our next step, we're going to text DSBC in the room, or for those joining us online, we're going to text DSBC online to that number uh, or the number that's on the card. Uh, we'd love to have you guys who are joining us in person today take your pictures out in the lobby. They're all set up, go nice and smooth for you. Uh, and that will make sure that they get those pictures over uh, to Shishago uh, before Wednesday, which I know. Before 9 p.m. Before 9 p.m. tonight. Yes. Okay, so you got to submit your pictures before 9 p.m. tonight because they got to run their 
their process. And so you can hit the lobby, they'll take care of your pictures, you'll get a barcode and next steps and instructions. And then for, the, again, those joining online, you can text that in. Uh, and then that will set you up with World Vision Direct. Uh, you're not going through Desert Springs, you're just connecting direct with World Vision. And then they'll help you take those next steps as well, just uh, with the, uh, the link that comes to your um, messaging in your text. That's Anything it. else? That's it? That's it, absolutely. All right, cool. Can we say thanks to Peter? Thanks, dude. So, uh, so let, me, let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll, we'll head out to the lobby. We'll get our pictures taken and uh, give you guys some time to sign up for that. So let me pray. Uh, Lord, we love you. We know that you love us uh, in a world of such great need. We know that you have blessed us abundantly, and you call us uh, just as you have uh, given to us much, you expect much of us. And you call us to live as your ambassadors, to live according to the values of your kingdom. And we believe, Lord, that this is a way uh, for us to be generous that would truly be a blessing. So we pray for your uh, provision, for your blessing on this uh, initiative, uh, for the churches that are participating, Lord, that you would grow us uh, into a deeper level of union with you and with one another and with our brothers and sisters around the world. Jesus, we love you, we know that you love us, and we entrust ourselves to you. It's in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Church family, we'll see you next time.